All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of、uh, 100 Books a Year with Kevin. Today, I want to get started on a new book, which I'm really excited about.、Uh, it's called The Deficit Myth. So, it talks about the idea of modern monetary theory, right? So, the author of this book was a,、um, I want to say, neoclassical、um, economist, but she's not really that type.、Um, I like her a lot.、Um, she was. Hired on by Bernie Sanders,、um, I think a couple years ago, before his、uh, presidential runs, and it just shows us that a lot of the monetary discussion, right, a lot of the discussion that we have on government spending, is misguided, right? So here's what I mean by that. So in two thousand and nine.、Um, Obama issued seven hundred and thirty-seven billions in stimulus money, right? And the Obama advisor thinks it's not enough.、Uh, it should be between one to one point five trillion dollars. Now I'm actually、uh, reading the latest Obama biographies right now, and then the reason that Obama did not go for the one trillion or one point five trillion. Is because of the cautions, right? Like they believe that the Democrats would not allow that big of the assemblies.、Uh, It will be seen as too radical. So that is the quote unquote the issue right after a big recession that the author、uh, Stephanie thinks that is that instead of looking at deficit as a issue, we should look at deficit as a problem solving tool. So in a sense that、uh, we need to think that. The deficit itself is not a problem. It's something that we can leverage and we can utilize to get what we want, at least in the government spending arena, right? So, in a sense that the federal government should budget like a household or a business, that is completely false. Why? Because Uncle Sam, the U.S. government can issue U.S. dollar. They they can print as many, as much dollar bills as possible. So, Uncle Sam can't afford to pay any bill, and Uncle Sam will never go broke, right? That's just a given. Now, the author argues that we miss out on the power of the currency to improve life life of our people when we bring back, like in two thousand nine, the amount of a stimulus bill instead of going for one trillion, they settle for seven hundred billion, right? So. There are a couple myths that I just want to talk about with in this first episode, like how should we think about the idea of deficit, and then this one will be a series, obviously, and then、um, I want to do this as a podcast series where we can touch on different aspect of government spending, and I really do think that most political figures, most politicians, they don't really know how the government funding works. They They don't really know how the Fed works, so this book actually opened my eyes into,、uh, quote unquote, like not <laughs> not to trust the politician ever again, kind of a situation where,、um, like I mean I I get it like they're not they're not experts in everything, but in this particular realm in government spending, I really like.、Uh, This book's author, Stephanie's idea in terms of 
deficit and what is being wrong, what is the wrong perspective about it. Okay, so let's start. So we talk about the first myth, right? Is that uh, the government should budget like a normal household or a business. The second myth, uh, the author talks about deficit is actually the evidence of overspending, right? But the thing is, is we're approaching this overspending idea wrong. So here is what does she mean by this, right? So let's say the government spent $100, okay? And let's say they collect $90 in taxes, okay? So uh, normal people will know, okay, so... Uh, if I spend a hundred dollars and I make ninety, that means I have ten dollars that I cannot make up for. So, so that ten dollars is quote unquote deficit, right? We all know that. That's basic math. But Stephanie actually argues that Uncle Sam creates a surplus for someone else. So what that means is by government losing that ten dollars. That means somebody else in the system are earning $10 extra, right? That, most people don't think about it. So the evidence of overspending, in a sense, will lead to inflation. But most of the times, inflation is too small, not too big. So we talk about inflation, I feel like a few times ago, a few series ago, in some other political philosophy books, um, I think the major takeaway here is that whenever a government has a big surplus, that actually means the counterpart, the outside environment surrounding the government is actually benefiting, right? So like I said, right, government lost $10 in deficit and then somewhere else in the environment, some entity gained $10 of value, right? So... Right now, um, we're actually thinking about like as a COVID relief, right, to boost up the uh, inflation, right? They want to average on two two point one percent. So that means we are getting ready to let the uh, inflation to go up to three to four percent within the next couple of years to balance out this whole idea of government spending. Okay, I think that was a really interesting point. Number three. The third myth that I want to tackle here is that the deficit burden is actually get passed on to the next uh, generation, right? So Ronald Reagan said something about that, right? Don't let our grandchildren, um, you know, inherit our debt, right? Uh, Bernie Sanders said something about that. But in reality, like after World War One, our GDP per debt was as, was at its highest. It's at 120%. But it was also the biggest boom in the middle class, right? So in a sense that there seems to be a correlation between the amount of deficit and the amount of economic booms, right? Now, the fourth myth is that with, uh, with more deficit, it actually increases foreign dependence. Now, you know, we all know that China, right, Japan holds a large amount of U.S. debt. Now, what people don't realize is, is we are supplying China with dollars, allowing them to trade those dollars for a safe U.S. Treasury. So what that means is that we... 
is that we are using this type of issuing the U.S. debt, but in reality, they're not spending it on anything else, right? They're they are, they are spending it back to the U.S. Treasury. So in a sense, that it reinforces our financial institution. So that's actually not a bad idea. Like if they are purchasing the U.S. Treasury bill, like the U.S. Treasury bill, they're not even going to default like at all because we print money. That's Alexa, by the way. Um, sorry, I just activated it again. So yeah, so in a sense, that's not going to be that much of a worry as well. Because U.S. Is, has some, you know, the global issuing currency is actually more stable than anybody else can think of, right? So, in a sense, right, I just wanted to kind of do a brief uh, introduction of this entire podcast series. I'm probably going to do three to four podcasts on this book. To sum up, right, like, in a sense, the author, Stephanie, she's arguing that we must tax the rich to protect our health of, of uh, democracy and also shorten the inequality gap. But in a sense, uh, we need to fundamentally, us and the politician, to reconsider this, what's the term, to reconsider this relationship with deficit, right? For example, like when COVID hits, there like the most physically responsible thing to do is to promote the higher deficit in spending and then to make sure that we leave those value in the uh, economy, in people's hands. So it is a really good moment to learn where the money comes from, first of all, and then to... And in order to increase the responsibility of the federal government, that we can save the economy. And I feel like this is a valid lesson within a pandemic, no less, to learn about how the deficit works and how can we utilize the deficit as a tool, not as a quote-unquote enemy of the people. Right? So... That's it. Uh, hopefully you like this episode. Uh, give us five stars and uh, you know subscribe and share with your friends. And tomorrow we're going to cover um, very specific details within the whole deficit mess. Alrighty. Thank you. Bye.